Hello and welcome to Overtime Hockey Talk. My name is Mark Paul. My co-host Justin Baker is here in studio and uh, let's just break it down. Taylor Hall has been traded to the Arizona freaking Coyotes. Maybe the biggest trade the Coyotes have made in that since Phil Kessel. Yeah, <laughs> or since picking up Pavel Danzuk. God. Uh, or Chris Pronger, who knows? Yeah, there you go. Any number of those trades uh, right up there on the, the list of great Arizona trades. But fortunately, this trade, the Coyotes actually get Taylor Hall and he will play for them. And Phil Kessel, obviously, too. But uh, I, no, I do think that maybe Taylor Hall is the most talented player to ever play for the Devils. You now, can make that argument. I mean, has an MVP ever played for the Arizona Coyotes? I don't think they have. I don't think so either. No. MVP Taylor Hall on the Arizona Coyotes. And uh, it's, you know, after everything that we heard in terms of the uh, what they were looking for, we knew we knew the Florida Panthers were in on it. and I heard Colorado, St. Cal- Louis. Yep. Yeah, yeah. There was a lot of teams that were, of course, interested, which if you have a little cap space, you're an idiot for not being interested. Uh, let's break this down. So... Uh, the Arizona Coyotes acquire Taylor Hall, also Blake Spears from the New Jersey Devils, along with uh, only half of Taylor Hall's salary. The Devils retain the other $3 million. And uh, the Devils, in return, receive Nick Merkley, 22-year-old center, playing in the American Hockey League. Uh, Nathan Schnarr, a defenseman uh, who is going to play for Team Canada in the World Juniors. And Kevin Ball, Along with a first-round pick that is conditional on, what is it conditional on again? Yep. So the first-round pick, they're getting 2020 first-round pick, but it is lottery protected. Um, so if for some reason the bottom falls out in Arizona and they win the lottery, Arizona can be like, hey, we're we're keeping this because this upcoming draft is pretty freaking good. Um, so then it defers to next year. But the third round pick is conditional on the point that if the Coyotes win a playoff round, now it doesn't say whether it's this year, next year, or whatever, if they win a playoff round. Well, it would be, I assume it would be this year. I would because, assume so too. Because the, it's a playoff round and and him re-signing. Well, yes, there is that condition. So if they win a playoff round or Taylor Hall re-signs in Arizona, it goes to a second. If they win a round, and he resigns, it goes to a first. Yeah. So that to me says, well, he only has one year left on his contract, so it right. has to be has to be a playoff round this year, uh, which I guess the Devils are banking on the Coyotes winning a playoff. round. I think so, and it's <laughs> it's possible because I mean, if you really think about it, those bubble teams in the West, right, and the way Arizona's playing right now, and that Dave that 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 system with Rick Tockett, it's it's possible. Like, it's not Dave Tippett. Yeah, anymore. yeah. <laughs> So you never know, and I yeah, because there's no, I mean, for me anyways, you look at the West, and it's like there's no clear-cut team anymore outside of maybe, you know, Colorado might scare some people and St. Louis still, but... I'd say Winnipeg's up there, even though... Uh, yeah, but... I mean, on paper, maybe they shouldn't, but they are right. They are doing it, so... They are, they are doing it, for and, sure. And, yeah, well, Arizona now has a goal scorer. Right. Well, they, they have Phil Kessel, but... Yes, but Phil Kessel wasn't really doing... Uh, I mean, he wasn't having. A, he's not having a great start to the season. Start to his Arizona Coyotes career. No, only seven goals, nineteen points through thirty-five games. Yes. So, and that yeah. is, I mean, seven goals in thirty-five games. That's low for Kessel. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think the expectation would be that he has around twelve right now, yeah. twelve to fifteen. So, I think bringing in Taylor Hall, that is probably who's going to benefit the most 
Phil Kessel. Phil Kessel. He's yeah. probably the happiest man. I mean, Phil Kessel needs someone else. He's not the guy. He just isn't. No. And that's no knock on Phil. He's just not the guy. Um, one other thing, Kevin Ball. Uh, I my the first thing that came into my mind is uh, Kevin from the show Shameless because his name <laughs> is actually Kevin Ball in that show. Oh, very nice. Uh, but uh, second round pick for the Coyotes in 2018. So uh, definitely somebody to keep your eye on. Kind of a considered like a B level type prospect. Uh, he looks like he'll also play for Canada in the World Juniors. Like yes, he'll, he will he'll be at camp. So yeah. Uh, so some a, a decent haul, I guess. Like no pun intended. <laughs> yeah, true. Decent haul for all. Uh, your thoughts, I guess, initially looking at this trade. So my first thought was, I'm ready to see the domino effect. Uh, that this is going to have on the West. Because right now, I mean, outside of the fact that, yes, I think Arizona got themselves a very good deal, that they're finally making a splash. Because when's the last time since maybe Keith Kachuk, you could say that this team had some superstar power? Right? I mean, now looking at them with Kessel and Hall, that's, yeah. a, that's a nice... It's fantastic. The power play is going to benefit from that. And and then again, now you get the option to put them together or you have a nice one-two punch. Um uh, but you look at the West now and you look at teams like Edmonton, teams like Dallas, Calgary, you know, maybe even you can throw in some of the, you know, the other divisional teams like, uh, you know, Winnipeg or, you know, and you could say, hey, you know, we need to go, we need to stock up a little bit more, right? And uh, my, my and then my other big thought too, outside of the domino effect was, you know, good on Arizona to get this done now versus sure. towards the deadline. Sure. You got time to acclimate him and you have time to basically say, hey, Phoenix is freaking awesome. Stay here. Don't go anywhere else. Like I've been to Phoenix and Scottsdale and Glendale. Those those are awesome areas to be to. There's plenty to do. Yeah, it's warm all year round. Yeah. And I mean, if you if you love hiking, if you love just warm weather in general, you, you're gonna freaking love it in Arizona. My guess is that he's an active person. I would I say so too. Guys are, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know if he resigns there, but I like it it's gutsy uh they don't give up anything where i go whoa wow that like they, sure could could any i mean obviously new jersey's going well the chances of one of these guys working out is probably pretty high sure you know, i think you got a 50 50 shot some of these guys I, I will think pan out merkley there's a chance you get him into your system and maybe you think you can you obviously they see something in him he can he can maybe come up make the team next year or, or he comes up at some point this year and becomes some sort of serviceable top nine winger. Uh, but as far as the other two go, yeah, I mean, if you if you think you've got a defenseman, a top four defenseman, maybe in Schnarr, man, I think you're probably in good shape. But uh, obviously it's it's that first round pick. I'm surprised though. I am surprised that I, because I think that, I wonder what else was out there. Yeah. That's, you, I mean, at this point, you got to think that this was probably the best offer they were getting. Um, and, and good on Arizona too, because I know they made it clear from the start, from everything that I heard that, you know, Barrett Hayden and Victor Soderstrom, they're like their top D yes. and center prospect were off the table. Yep. Like yep. they weren't touching them. And I mean, why would you give up those, I mean, elite level prospects for a guy who could potentially just be a rental? So of course, yeah, you know, exactly. um, and in Arizona, I, but see the, the other side of it is, okay, you dealt him in December. Sure. It's nice to like kind of be done with this. I, I understand that aspect. Mm-hmm. 
there's the other side of it is, okay, yeah, this is what you got right now because most teams are looking at the standings going, we can get back in this. I mean, San Jose is looking at it going, can we make up six points? Absolutely, you can make up six points. Just fired your coach. And uh, we're, we're going to talk a little bit about the, the coaches being fired as well. But Saint, San Jose isn't looking at the standings going, man, there's no way we could turn this around. Especially after what St. Louis did last year. St. Louis sure. didn't make any big moves. I mean, yes, they had Jordan Biddington. Uh, and, and I don't know if there's a team in the league that has the accidental secret in their pocket that they're <laughs> right. going to bring up and he's going to all of a sudden be the next Jordan Biddington. But I... I think that there's a chance that that has made other teams go look at this and say, well, we're, we'd love to have Taylor Hall, but like Colorado, they were another team that was talked about being interested in them. They're probably looking at it going, I mean, we're, we're secure in the central, you know, obviously the central's jam packed, but they're happy. They're getting guys back now. You know, guys are getting healthy. Right. Cog's getting, getting healthy. Rantanen's healthy. And now they're going, well, we just got all our guys back. We're fine. Like, we're not going to give up a ton of future stuff. We don't want We don't want to lose the fact that, is this necessarily our year? Probably not. We need Makar to develop a little more. We need these guys to, to all, pro- probably next year, we're going to all look at Colorado and go, oh, crap. Yeah. going to be so, like Bowen Byram. Right. He's coming, coming up. <laughs> That's another crazy thing. So Colorado has no need to make this move. Because if Taylor Hall is, and, and my guess is that Taylor Hall wasn't willing to sign an extension anywhere. Well, I don't think Colorado has, I don't really think Colorado wants to spend the money because they know guys like, you know, McKinnon a few years paid, yeah. and yeah, yeah, they got Ranton's contract extension kicking in. So, yeah. so, I mean, it just, there's, there was no point, but that's because we have so much time before the trade deadline. So teams right now, they're not in a panic, but what happens end of January if San Jose looks and they're like, okay, we're we're, or or maybe not even a team who's out of the playoffs because maybe at that point you're just looking at it and going, we obviously overestimated on this season. We need to rethink things or retool a little bit. But maybe you're a team like Dallas, or you know maybe you're sitting on the just just below some other teams and you're going, if we could add Taylor Hall, we'll win the cup. Like we're convinced of it, and you—the closer you get to playoff time, I think the the more trigger finger a, a GM is going to have, especially a GM who maybe is on the hot seat to do something. Sure. Colorado Sackick not on the hot seat; he's fine. Uh, you know, you're Kevin Shevel day off. Maybe you're looking yeah. at Winnipeg. I mean, you're looking at Dallas. Dallas, who had to had to also had to fire their coach due to something. <laughs> due to something, <laughs> we don't know. We don't know. Uh, he farted on the subway. <laughs> wow. Uh, very unprofessional <laughs> conduct. Uh, it'd be Dallas's. I imagine if Dallas or a Calgary, if they added a Taylor Hall, and I think Taylor Hall would be willing to go back to that, that area. But if those teams come that time, they said, we have a legit chance at the cup. Let's pull that trigger later on. They might be willing to give up more because a GM, especially a GM who's on the edge, they don't care about four or five years down the road when that first round pick develops because let's be honest, the first round pick. Okay, let's let's say things end today. Arizona wins the Pacific, even if they lose in the first round, that's still like a twentieth overall pick. So that twentieth overall pick, most likely that player isn't going to make an impact on your team for three to four years. 
Okay. So as a GM of a team who is on the on the cusp, you could care less about that player if you can pull in Taylor Hall. And I think that you may have been able to get uh, some of those conditions taken off, two first-round picks for him. Uh, I would have taken two guaranteed first-round picks along with a B-level prospect over... Like Nick Merkley, in my... <laughs> from what I can tell... And Nick Merkley's kind of been a, that Merkley name just kind of gets the Merkley around. name because uh, I think he has brothers too. Yes, he does. Uh, I just don't think that's a family I want anything to do with. They all seem to just kind of have that a label on them. Uh, I, I I just wonder what ends up happening with this trade now. Could Ball and Schnarr and could all of them pan out and they take they get somebody awesome with the first round pick. And they get another first or second round pick. Sure, uh, that's possible. But I think that you are banking on a lot. Whereas I think at least you could have gotten an extra first round pick guaranteed as opposed to this, a condition of a condition of a condition that it's going to like a bunch of things have to come true in order for you to get more than that. Right. Yeah, uh, I understand it. But again, I think too, from the flip side to New Jersey, right? They're I don't want to say better off in terms of like they're going to rise in the standings without him, but they're better off because now they're going to drop in the standings, you know, quicker. And the quicker they do that, I think now you can fight off Detroit and L.A. for, you know, one of these lottery picks when you have a chance at, you know, Quinton Byfield or whomever, you know, you want to take and you're, you know, number one or number two, whether it's Lafreniere or or, you know, whichever one of those two guys you want to fight over. But now you get a better shot at that. Whereas if Hall's in there putting up, you know, points, you know, maybe now you're sitting, you know, at like sixth or seventh. You and know, of course, pick. you're risking him getting injured. Of course. And, and yeah. As well. And then, then the value tanks and, you know, then there's all that too. But okay. So now uh, after this trade, where do you think Arizona ultimately finishes in the Pacific? I still think Vegas is number one in this division. I had them at the beginning of the year, and I still think, you know, with guys like Pacioretty now getting on fire, and I think Stone will eventually put his game up another notch, and hopefully, you know, Vegas is smart to go find a backup goaltender here soon. Um, There's a few teams looking for a backup goalie. Yeah, there there are a few teams. I thought it was funny when people were saying that the Devils would be, oh, they're definitely going to want a goaltender to come with us. I said, why would they want a goaltender? They want a tank. You don't want a goalie. (laughs) Yeah, so I still think Vegas secures that top spot, but I think it's going to be a battle between Edmonton, Arizona, and Calgary for those number two, three, four spots. And I, I still think Arizona is a playoff team. There's no doubt in my mind. I think oh, they're well, still going to make yeah, the playoffs. They're definitely a playoff yeah. team. Um, you know where they finish is another question. You know because a team like Edmonton now might look at this and be like, okay, we need to go out and acquire maybe another piece, another top six player if we can. Um, you know, a guy to give us options. You know. Maybe you go out and you you deal a guy like Nugent Hopkins and yep. bring in a quality defenseman, or maybe you just you know bring in a winger to play with some of those guys. But um, you know, again, they're a little limited on cap. But you know, Vegas, I think they're going to stay pat where they are in terms of you know their forwards and D, and um, you know Calgary starting to turn it on a little bit more now too. So it's going to be a battle. It's going to be real tight. But ultimately, I think they do make the playoffs. But they're in that that bubble for that two to four spot. Yeah, I actually think that this is. This may be the turning point that they needed. And this is a John Chica move. Like, this is his... I mean, he just went all in, I think. Yeah, and we'll like, think about this too, right? So they, they just got a brand new owner. They're trying to negotiate a deal to... Well, I think they did negotiate a deal. Um, 
Shoot, I haven't been really keeping up on that. Yeah, for a new arena in Glendale. And like, this is the type of superstar power face you need for a franchise to be like, we're we're here. We're Yeah, we're for real. Yeah. So good. Uh, Yeah, and I think that I mean you look at them, there's only two teams in the league with less with fewer goals scored against them. One of those being Dallas and the other one being, of course, the New York Islanders, who they've only allowed seven goals all year. Still don't understand that. They are, and and in terms of uh, just a straight plus minus, there's only six or seven teams ahead of them uh, in terms of a a goal differential. So they're they're in a really good place. They haven't played well at home. They're only eight eight and one at home. They're fantastic on the road. I I want to say they have the like the best the best road record in the league. Uh, second best next to Washington. They're eleven four and three on the road. So I I think you want to play better at home. And the way you play better at home, you, you like, there's just something different about playing at home. I think it's a little harder to play the style that the Coyotes play when you're on your home ice. And that is a more of a, like, they have a great four check. They're fast, but they use that speed to dump the puck in, keep the puck deep and, and like essentially get this cycle going. But there's not a whole lot of offense. I mean, even so, yes, they do have a great defense, but uh, there's, you know, they're they're at least at best middle of the road, kind of on that lower end of the middle of the road in terms of goal scoring. Taylor Hall, I mean, he's he's going to score probably for the rest of the year. There's what? There's 50 games left. Yeah, this season for the rest. Of, what's he going to do above a replacement player on that left wing? Probably score an extra. 15? 15 to 20 goals even over a guy, the next guy. And frankly, there's a difference of maybe eight wins. Right. <laughs> so so I, him, him coming in is a, a huge boost. And assuming the Coyotes can stay healthy now, they've already had their injury bug bite them. I think Jalmerson, he's out for the year. Right. Right. Uh, but yeah, yeah, they, I think they might win this division. Yeah, the only knock on them when you, when you look at the teams underneath them like Edmonton and Vegas right now in the standings is they don't have that elite center, right? And maybe the system is designed for them the way Tockett has it where they don't need that number one yeah, elite yeah. center. You one know? of the few coaches, I think, that actually goes, oh, hey, let's play to what we actually are, not right. what I want you to be. Yeah. what? Do you, it's crazy. <laughs> it's a crazy idea. Freaking Mighty Ducks over here. Uh, who won that trade? Oh, Arizona. Right. I mean, it's... It's easy to say them right now, just on paper. I this is one where you know maybe four or five years from now you look at those prospects and what they've turned into, sure, and then you can sure. say, okay, well, yeah, because you're assuming Arizona makes the playoffs, right? So now you're looking at a 15 to 20th overall pick probably for that first rounder yeah. for this year, and so that's a if three, they win, four and if year. they win around, then yeah, I right. Mean, the the conditional pick is in 2021, so. Uh, we don't, you know, they might, yeah. if they're, if they continue to be good, then that pick is, is, yeah, so you got three years to figure out what that player is actually going to be anyways. Right. So. And, and you also, there's so many, so many moving parts. You can reacquire a third round or a second round pick somewhere else. Yeah. Or you flip that first round pick that you got from Arizona to somewhere else for a roster guy or who knows, but right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, now that we've, you know, we've beaten that trade to death. Uh, let's move on to some of the coaching firings. Uh, 
So many. Let's let's just roll right down the list here. We uh, we've already talked about Toronto. We actually recorded an episode like an hour before Babcock or an hour after Babcock got fired. So we got lucky there. Just like with the Taylor Hall trade happened like an hour ago, and we just so happen to be already planning to do an episode. So it works out for us. Uh, let's start with the Calgary Flames and Bill Peters because they have been on fire since letting go Bill Peters. Eight, one, and one their last ten. Phenomenal. Well, and uh, some of those were right. We're Bill Peter. Bill Peter but losses so. again. They're they're rolling right now. Uh, you know, good on them for you know not letting this sort of. I mean, let's be honest. It was. It's not like it was a sudden thing like Jim Montgomery, right, was there for practice in the morning, showed up, and then all of a sudden game time. It's like, oh, guess what? Now you got a new head coach, right? Right, right. Figure it out. Yeah. No, but with this situation, it was, you know, a few days. It was just, it was churning. You knew it was going to happen. I think, at, you know, at a certain point, you, you knew he wasn't getting out of this alive. But, yeah. Um, you well, know, it was seven and one with uh, their new head coach. Wow. Oh. Yeah, that's that's pretty freaking good. I think there's more. I don't want to say a relaxed feel because Bill Peters, to me, from from what I understand, he's kind of, you know, he's a hard ass. I mean, right. you know, he was one of those guys that, I mean, like kind of like probably another coach. We're going to talk about a guy from that that era of coaches from uh, from Detroit. That uh, yeah, but bunch of Babcock guys yeah, out there, <laughs> pretty much. Uh, yeah, but it's nice to see Monahan's. His game's coming back around. Goudreau kind of looks like, you know, he's getting back to his old self again, yeah, which is yeah. great. Um, you know. I mean, the, the other side of it is, like, you can't necessarily... Not every guy is always going to be at the top of his game at all the times. Right. And Calgary, Calgary last year, everyone in the regular season was, like, firing on all cylinders. Yeah, they pretty Mark much... Mark Giordano had the best year of his career. Johnny Goudreau, best year of his career. Mark... Mar, uh, uh, center... Top, Monahan. Sean Monahan yeah. had the best year of his career. Like So when you have your top guys all clicking at the same time of course you're gonna have a great year and then the, the following year when you have giordano who still looks good but isn't quite gonna put up 75 points yeah that's again. tough and you know goudreau has really struggled and therefore monahan's not gonna look as good because frankly he's as as goudreau goes so goes monahan and i mean but calgary's still finding their way i mean they're they've allowed nine more goals than they've scored and they're still in a playoff spot. Yeah, that's pretty freaking good. And I mean, you look at their goaltending, right? Dave Riddich, he actually looks like a decent number one. Uh, I wouldn't say he's officially cemented himself as this. He's team's looking pretty good one, right but, now. Yeah, yeah but he's looking good. He's rolling. Um, I mean, four wins in his last five games, but still, he's he's been giving up three, four, three, two, and one goals in those games. Um, you know, unfortunately, beat your Maple Leafs a couple games ago, but that's true. They did, but yeah, yeah. there's also those. You know, when a team travels out and you go, every a lot of teams do the Vancouver, Calgary, Edmonton, right, whatever trip. order you do it in, and oh, who actually comes out of that trip three and oh? Oh, I know. I used to watch the Wings do that all the time, and I hated it because I knew they were they weren't coming out of that alive. Most I think of the time. about how I feel when I travel to other time zones. Yeah, granted, like. Traveling to Europe is a little bit more of a shock when sure. it's like five or six hour difference as opposed to three. But still, you go out of your time zone, even when you go like one hour, you go to Chicago, like, we, you know, we're in Detroit, go to Chicago and you're like, it feels like 10 right now, but it's nine. That's right. weird. Like, and so you take those three hours and then you take and then you have another time change moving back east, 
one more hour. Like it's got to throw your body off. You're basically playing oh, a yeah. game at 10 p.m. Oh, I hated playing those 11 o'clock games in our in our dude, hockey league. Dude, the worst. Those were terrible. And they're meaningless. They really were. <laughs> and so for these guys, you know, it's just I I got to imagine that it's it's hard on like mentally and and so you go out there and you do that trip. You're probably not going three and zero. No, fortunately now when you do the California one, San Jose, L.A., Anaheim, all three of them suck. (laughs) So (laughs) it's a little easier. Oh boy, but yeah, Uh, yeah, yeah. Calgary. I mean, good riddance to you, Bill Peters. You should. You'll never like he. He's never coaching. He's never coaching the NHL. It's not to say that like there can't be forgiveness for somebody. If he comes out and he like, he needs to do something to yeah he to needs like to remedy what happened because obviously it's freaking horrible and like even though it was ten years ago and you can say all the things you want about like why doesn't somebody come out ten years like it did have a weird feeling that like Calgary's losing and now all of a sudden somebody's coming out and saying this like I do have like who cares like you can have a suspicion of like eh, maybe somebody wanted him to get fired and so they said dude just. We like now's the time to share this story. It'll he'll be gone, right? But at the same time, you know who's to say somebody gets the courage to go out and talk about it. I, I it doesn't matter to me. You said it. Sorry, bro. Like there's, you know, usually you hear stories like that, and it's somebody saying this guy said that one time or like a couple. I heard them say it a couple times, and they're the only person who ever heard it. And you're like, I kind of want to believe you, but I don't want to. Like, I'm just not sure. There's some doubt there. I don't know what to do with this. But everyone came out and was like, yeah, he's a piece He's a piece of trash. Right. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, he kicked me in the back of the head. Oh, he punched another black guy. And like, are you kidding? Bye. Just go. So he's gone. Yeah, piled on. Uh, and and there's really no like, oh, you know, he should have been given another. No, you, you don't get another chance. You have another chance coaching like some garbage junior team in germany and you can like build yourself back up maybe but uh you might want to go do something else i don't know um let's let's go to a a less known story because we have no idea what happened to jim montgomery in dallas yeah that's Uh, an interesting montgomery goes and uh rick bonus becomes the head coach of the dallas stars who uh it's been a minute since rick bonus coached uh at least was the head coach but uh, yeah, Dallas. Do you think that that move? See where I think the Calgary Flames. That was a good a good thing. Even even like I think Bill Peters might have just been fired anyways. And then it was like, oh, all right, we have a even better reason to fire him, so he's fired. Uh, whereas Jim Montgomery, I think things they had really turned things around. Yeah, they started off the season, I think, like going one and seven or yeah, something. Yeah, right? terrible record. And then they went on just this amazing hot streak. And they were currently in the midst of it. They were still playing well. And then just, like I said, practice, you know, they're doing drills and it's like, okay, cool. He's here. You know, they do the press junket with him. And then the the game rolls around. It's like, oh, wait, do we, we forgot our guy in, in luggage or something? Right. And he's, he's canned. <laughs> I mean, I, and again, we still don't really know what happened there. And, and, and he has come out and said, I will talk about it at some point in the future, but not now. Right. It's. I mean, it was. It was quoted as unprofessional conduct, inconsistent with the core values and beliefs of the Dallas Star and the National Hockey League. League. And I mean, coincidentally, they just had you know the board of governors meeting, and you know, uh, what's his face, Gary Bettman laid out all these. You know, sure. You know, here's what we're going to do. We're going to have hotline for players to call and stuff. And really, 
Jim Montgomery situation was unrelated to that whole thing. Yeah. yeah. It was just weird timing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Jim Nil found out about it like over the weekend. They did an investigation. And then on that day, they said, all right, yep, we got to we got to do this. And it was substantiated. And uh, but Jim Nil wasn't really willing to talk much about it. It sounds like my guess is that, I mean, they said personal Jim, behavior issue. There's no way that Jim Montgomery isn't going to fight it because they're going to try and just they're going to try and say, well, your contract's void. Right. Where, of course, you're going to fight it. <laughs> you're going to say, well, you can go ahead and fire me, but you're going to pay me what I'm owed. Uh, by the way, the last time Rick Bonus was a coach, uh, the Phoenix Coyotes went 2-12, 3-3 in 2003-04 and uh, that was the last time he was the head coach. He wow. did return as the assistant coach for do you know who the coach was that he came back as the assistant coach for? I'm going to say Dave Tippett. It was Wayne Gretzky. That's right. Yeah. He he only lasted a season and a half there too. Yeah, yeah. I think he was, just said, actually, I don't want to coach anymore. Right. <laughs> he was part uh, owner was bad, too. Yeah, this yeah. was a bad idea. Yeah. They, were, they weren't that great back then. So uh, Does, I mean, I think, I think Dallas probably for the most part like they just kind of are what they are i don't do you like do you see dallas winning the cup no 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 i don't do i see them missing the playoffs nope not really could they yeah they'll compete they'll give dallas they'll push some teams kind of but... one of those teams like it's just they're not that interesting to me if you hear a dog barking in the background that's, <laughs> that's my dog howling uh, i love it they they are just kind of 18 like they don't score a lot but they play pretty good defense they're pretty boring. I, I, I don't want to say not, boring. They're yet, just but not very interesting to me. Yeah, they're like the most interesting thing that happened was their coach did something that we can't talk about. They fired him and they hired the most boring coaching hire of the last twenty years because it's the safe coach Rick hire bonus. It's the guy that you're probably not going to get in trouble hiring. Um, at all, and then of course they'll they'll reevaluate after the season sure. and do all that that garbage. But yes, he's uh, a fantastic record as a coach. He's one hundred and twenty three. Nice, one hundred and twenty three. Yeah, okay, hundred wins, coach. great. He only lost two hundred and eighty nine games, <laughs> and he tied fifty one of them. You look at all the teams he coached, though they were all horrible teams, <laughs> all such bad teams. Yeah, did he did make it to the conference finals in nineteen ninety one ninety two, and uh, they lost to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah, the Boston Bruins, like everybody else did. Yeah, so I, I, it's kind of hard to say what Jim Montgomery's fate is going to be after all this comes out because we don't know what happened. Um, you know, if it's you know something that maybe he can you know do some charity work for, you know, <laughs> I have no yeah, idea. Yeah. Be, I don't even want to speculate. Just disappear but, for like three years. Yeah, just just take the you know take the year off and just go. Well, just just come beach. back during like the, during the presidential election and you should be okay. <laughs> Yeah, nobody. You will quickly get drowned out. No one cares anymore. Uh, Let's let's continue to fall down the standings of the Western Conference. Let's do it and tumble into the San Jose Sharks, who are three six and one. They they did win their last game, but they they fired Pete DeBoer sixteen seventeen two. They can't. They were really struggling to score goals, but they also cannot stop goals. That's been their biggest issue all year. The only team who has allowed more goals than the San Jose Sharks, do you know who they are? Uh, Detroit? Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Yep. Detroit has allowed 136 goals. San Jose had a 122. So not uh, not doing so great. Obviously, 
you're looking at it from top to bottom and you're going like something's not working. Martin Jones isn't this bad, is he? I just really don't think he's No, I just I honestly think when you look at that defense, they're just nobody is playing like they should be, right? I mean, how many more years are we going to give Doug Wilson the chance to hire and fire a coach? Well, when you consistently make the playoffs, you know, how can you argue with the results, right? I mean, sure, I under guess, Wilson, yeah. they've been to the Stanley Cup final. They've made the conference final a few times. I mean, there's there's a I good record going, there. Well, it could be worse. <laughs> yeah, we could be like Ottawa right now. Um, but, I, I mean, okay, Peter DeBoer is actually the one coach we're probably going to talk about where I do think he might actually get rehired this season. Apparently, uh, there's a theologian named Douglas Wilson. Oh, my goodness. And uh, he's a very <laughs> bad person. So, wow. Uh, so, um, so, GM of hockey... Of sharks, we want to look him up. Yeah, you got to Google that one. Not say, uh, yeah. Anyways, yeah, <laughs> I I don't think Martin Jones is that is that guy he once was when he was you know very middle of the road nine fourteen you know very reliable goaltender, but I don't think he's this bad though. I really don't. I I think you know Eric Carlson hasn't been as good as he could be. You know I I think recently. It, well, I should say just the month of November, we we kind of thought that Vlasic-Carlson pairing was finally starting to to work out. And I, I thought Brent Burns, while still struggling a little bit, I thought, okay, he's starting to get some of his game back. But this team on, on the back end, I mean, Vlasic doesn't look anywhere near as good as he ever has been. And I, I think this is honestly probably the worst season I've ever seen him play hockey when you have a guy who... You know, you've easily looked at for his whole entire career and say this is probably one of the most underrated defensive players in the game. Yeah, and it's just not working. And much like Calgary, right? Like last year, they had all their guys playing their best seasons ever. I think now you're looking at a San Jose team where you're like, okay, on the back end and in goal, we're having guys that are playing their worst seasons ever all at the same time, and it's <laughs> that sucks. Yeah, kind of, kind of a mix of bad luck, but also are we like? There's a lot of players that are well over thirty. They are definitely on the other side of, of their prime. Uh, I look at this scene, obviously, like Doug Wilson has had a great career at taking the Sharks, making them very good. Like, I mean, he's the one who made that trade for Joe Thornton, a phenomenal trade it was. And he, I mean, he's the guy who's brought in everyone that you see currently. I mean, what a trade. Brett Burns bringing him in, I think, for a second-round pick. Right. Like Snatching like, him out of Minnesota. He, he's he's brought in Danny Heatley. He's he's developed and done a phenomenal job building an organization. And it's a, it's not his fault, I, w- I would say, that they haven't won the Cup. But because of they've always made the playoffs, they haven't won the Cup. So, therefore, they haven't gotten great, really high picks very often. And maybe the times when they do get top ten picks, they haven't really worked out. Uh, so maybe maybe the reason why he doesn't care so much about the, the draft always is because he'd rather just sign sign people. But he's done a really good job at retooling over drafting. Is it finally maybe catching up with them? Like they have a lot of players that, I mean, of course you could you can always move these guys, but I don't see like. Who is going to trade for Brent Burns? Another at thirty-four years, five old? years at eight million after this year, and plus he's got a no-trade clause. Uh, he can submit a three-team trade list every year on July first. Three teams, three teams, and they're all probably going to be Stanley Cup contenders. That he's and, and how are they ever going to like? Are they going to fit him in half his salary? Right. Uh, who's going to Mark Edward Vlasic? Who's going to trade 
for his seven minutes. Maybe Mavarik had Vlasic's possibility, but he also has a no-move clause just period. And he's got a lot of years left, So too. does Carlson. So yeah. It's going to be... If if they can't figure out like it, it's almost like you're not trading those guys and so now you have to figure out like who who can fit in other places like obviously the way that things were going it's their their top two centers in like a Logan Couture a Thomas Hurdle and you've got Joe Thornton it's just not good enough to compete with the other teams in the Pacific which frankly yeah when you look at who they're going up against and center actually center wise i guess they're in a good position but they just don't really have that the rest of the depth scoring that everybody seems to have and uh, maybe not the superstars at the top that everyone else in their division seems to have as well and uh, that's just going to probably leave you in the lurch they do have a great defense but but it's not playing good right now that's for sure yeah, yeah you know and, and if they don't get it together too you know you like you said you're stuck with between the three guys burns vlasic and carlson you're stuck with after this season at least another five more years of this and they've well, got, they don't have their first round pick this year anyways no so. they don't and they've it is not lottery protected either it's not that's true ottawa remember like ottawa yeah of they, they lost tra- of course they traded their you know they had that that year and they were colorado got bowen byram bowen By- but this <laughs> so. year they have san jose's and can you imagine if san jose continues to fall because in my opinion well like nashville they've played four less games than san jose like in those four games they're going to find two points so they're ahead of san jose so that puts them fourth last in the west and frankly, I think there's a chance that Anaheim could could push them a little bit. They have two games in hand. Do they win one of those games? It's likely. So now you're looking. You're you're down there with Chicago and L.A. And suddenly, maybe that pick is a it's a top eight pick. Yeah, that's scary, and that um, hurts, and that's huge for Ottawa. I mean, so San Jose losing Ottawa is just. Come on, baby. <laughs> to put it in perspective, too, I this just cracked me up when I just did the numbers in my head really fast. When you look at San Jose's top three defensemen, the money they're spending on them is roughly $26 million, right? For $27 million, on the flip side, you could get Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, and Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Yeah, or you could get John Tavares, Mitch Marner, and right. Austin Matthews. I mean... A little more, but unbelievable if this if they can't figure out this defense in this back end and i i do think yes they're going to need another goaltender um, the difference is is that nugent hopkins mcdavid and dreisaitl are like add all their ages up and i want to say they're probably about 67 right or like 69 or something like that whereas you add all these guys ages up they're like 85 and 90 they are almost they're over 90 years old okay so it's so that's even scarier yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's funny because when you think of Eric Carlson, you're like, he's what? Like, he's got to be in his 30s, but he's only 29. But he, he's still yeah. one guy maybe you could move if he gets his production no, no going. No but move. you're going to, yeah, he's got that full no move, and you're going to have to eat some of his salary down the road, this, too. I but. mean, this this year is going to have to be like, maybe maybe Joe Thornton is willing to, like, if he's looking to at go this somewhere, go, like, hey, would you, would you want to, like, one more time? You want to go to somewhere and, and see what see what you can do. Chance at a cup. Uh, you know, Melker Carlson is a UFA at the end of the year. They could flip him. They they don't have a whole lot in terms of like guys they can really move. They could move Patrick Marlowe. Now he's not going to want to go anywhere. 
he he doesn't have a choice. Well, that's true. That's he doesn't true. have any kind of no <laughs> move. True. So, but I don't. I I think they would respect what he wants to do. Sure, because um, they're not going to get much for him. You might get a fifth round, fourth maybe round the Leafs pick, trade maybe. for him. He'd probably go back to Toronto. <laughs> the Leafs, if the Leafs trade it, like well, now that Babcock's gone, be yeah. a fourth round pick for him and uh. bring him back in, and he can play the fourth <laughs> line. <laughs> Goodness. Um, we have another. Well, we already talked about Babcock. We've got that. Yeah, we've talked about him. So we talked about DeBoers. We talked about Bill Peters. So who else? Jim Montgomery. There's one oh, more guy. Oh, we have John Hines. John, John Hines. Hines in, in New Jersey, which, of course, we've talked about Taylor we Hall. We've talked about him. But uh, John Hines, this is kind of like John Hines gets fired and you trade Taylor Hall because now, obviously, you're like, you're just rolling up this team. Like, you're you're kind of, you know, they made the playoffs, what, what was it, three years ago they made the playoffs now? Oh, further than that, I think. No, no, they made they made the playoffs a few years. Remember, they like had the unexpected year. Yeah, and they uh, they did real well. Made the playoffs. They were like first place in their division for a while, and ever and that was Nico Heischer's first year. Oh, right, right, right. That was Taylor and, Hall's only was like, five games he's ever played yeah. in the playoffs. It was like, oh my gosh, New Jersey's gonna you know they they've turned it around. They've built this new system. And ever since New Jersey's been, they they've continued to be to be pretty bad, and you wonder if that season teased them into thinking they were better than they were. Like, does this team have to trade Taylor Hall now? Or uh, sorry, PK Subban, <laughs> PK Subban. No, I don't think you're there yet. Mostly because I, I but you don't. You just traded Taylor Hall. Well, listen, PK Subban's value is at the lowest it's ever been right now. He is not having a good season no. at all, both statistically and just his on ice performances. Right. And so I don't think, you know, maybe the one piece you could look at and you could say, hey, we can move and maybe get a decent return, maybe a Wayne Simmons, because you looked at what St. Louis did, right? And you need those grinders. You need those hard-nosed guys that can Yeah, yeah Wayne it. Simmons, he'll, he'll fetch something. Yeah, yes. so you could maybe get a third round, maybe a second round pick for him, you know, if you get a team desperate enough. Um, you know, Nikita Gusev, I, he hasn't really worked out. I don't know if maybe you try to move him, but again, they just signed him to a deal. No team really wants to take that on, same as, you know, P.K. Subban's contract. So, um yeah, you've got Simmons. You get. I, I think that probably Andy Green, Sammy Vatten, and they both have some value. But yeah, Vatten would be a, a good because he's a right. He's a right. No, he's left-handed. I'm sorry. Um, I, but I got to imagine though that they'd like to sign Vatten into an extension at this point. Like yeah, between him and Will Butcher, that's basically their future on defense. If you if you really think about you know young guys they have that are you know can hold down the blue line. Sure, he um, is 28 years old. He's not really that young. Well, not young anymore, <laughs> but. I mean, from a defensive he perspective. Was, he was so. in that, uh, the trade that they made from for, the Ducks. Yes. For Silverberg. For, no, it wasn't Silverberg. It was, uh, I'm sorry. Well, freak, what's his name? I'm having a, I'm having one of those days. One of those days. I can't days. think of things. Uh, Adam Henrique. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Yes. You're I know. Right. I, I listen to podcasts too. And when people are like, Oh, what's the guy's name? I'll look it up. I'm like, no, you idiot. It's this guy. How do you not know? It's Adam <laughs> Henrique. Yeah, sometimes you just go blank. It's just, it's just how, you know, Kind of middle of the road, Adam Henrique is yeah. as a player. Well, yeah, but not bad player. Just, no, not a bad player. Just a fine player. But New Jersey, I mean, listen, they're they're four points out of last place behind Detroit. Um, although they do have three games in hand. So realistically, I, yeah. you I know, mean, Vatanen's the guy. If you could, if you could trade Vatanen and, and get something reasonable in return, I mean, I do think that Vatanen in the right situation, he's a. Probably close to a forty-point guy. Yeah, he could be a second, a real nice second-pairing guy. I mean, um, and, and a top-four defenseman bringing that in for the playoffs—that that could be huge. So, especially since it's clear, like New Jersey's willing. If you're willing to maybe cough up a, a nice, 
you know, maybe somebody's willing to trade a, a first round pick for for Vatanen, a top four defenseman to be able to bring them in. If you know that you're a Stanley Cup contender and you're you're willing to deal your first round pick, or maybe like a second and a third in another year for for Vatanen. Uh, maybe a team like uh, probably Edmonton. willing. Yeah, you're, oh yeah. yeah, that's a great fit, especially if you're willing. New Jersey probably willing to eat half of it, and so then you're looking at a two point four million dollar hit. Yeah, but prorated over a short pro-rated. period, so nothing easily fits in the Edmonton's cap situation. Yeah. And so, yeah, again, you find a, a a right fit there, and I I do think they'll get a good return out of him, and they'll get a decent return out of Simmons, and so maybe you start putting together some pieces, right? And they've got a couple first round picks this year. Uh, you you know their first round pick's going to be you know towards the top of the draft and they're going to probably get a really nice player out of this and yep. you know again Nico Heischer Jack Hughes these guys are still young um, you got a lot more years ahead of you you know if you're New Jersey and I think you know they got time to rebuild it with these guys so uh, but again you like we talked about PK Subban he's he's a little up there in age in terms of uh, you know uh, not only just physical age but then his contract right he's uh, he's got a few years left on that too so We'll see what happens with him in New Jersey. I, I don't suspect he'll finish out that contract there, but you never know. Yeah. Uh, Ray Shiro has had kind of an interesting start in New Jersey. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, if New Jersey can go and they can, they can tank and they end up with a first overall pick, I think this time, whereas Nico Heischer was like, he's a nice player, but that was a pretty weak draft. Right. I think that you're going to have a this next draft's going to be pretty nice, right? For uh, for <laughs> Even anyone if you get figured, one or two, I mean, my goodness. you get into the top five. At least it's very top heavy. So you get in the top five, you're going to get a good a good player. Um, yeah, I think that's uh, yeah. We'll just keep on keep on going forward. Do you think there's any other coaches that could be fired here before? I I don't think before Christmas. I think at this point, no, no, no. Probably pretty much everyone is set. Uh, I think the Blashill's fine through the end of the year. I think there's a chance that he does get let go at the end of the year. Uh, I just don't like. Yeah, I don't I think see if, any reason to fire him now, but I also don't see any reason to keep him on. Like, no, I think if your eyes have been right, I mean, every GM wants to bring in their guy, right? It, it's been shown, sure. and I think Boost Boudreaux's kind of one of those guys right now that maybe Bill Guerin's looking at and saying, "Hey, you know, granted, Minnesota's been on a nice little hot streak, but you know, he might be starting to feel the heat a little bit because, like I said, every GM wants their guy in there. You know, they're going to give him a year, see what he does, and I think with Detroit, and you look at Eiserman, you know. Let Blashill, you know, coach it out for a while. And I think towards the end of the year, you might look at a guy like Mark Crawford and say, okay, well, we know we've got a previous head coach in there. Let's see what he can do. Maybe he can, you know, well, if he, uh, if he, if has everything been figured out with his situation? Yeah, I have no he's idea. He's been on like or, organizational leave. So, right. Yeah. Well, but, again, <laughs> but again, I, you know, you got, you got maybe a guy in the system that you bring him. You say, let's see if maybe, you know, what he can do or yada, yada. But I, I think when you look at, Coaches that potentially could be fired here over the next couple months, um, you oh, know, Peter, or maybe after Peter Christmas. Laviolette. Yeah, he's the one guy I look at absolutely because, you know, Nashville. There's a team when when Duchesne came in. I look at okay, now you've got a nice one two right, punch with Duchesne right. Johansson. You've done everything that you can do. Yeah, you've got a great defense back there. You move Subban because you got this young kid in here who can come up and play some minutes, you know, and and you've got nice young pieces. You've got a a goaltender who's, you know, towards the end of his career, but he's still a freaking good number one. And and they're sitting at 33 points. They're they're almost 10 points out of a playoff spot at this point in that central. And I think I know that they, have almost, a, they have a lot of games in hand. Sure. But still, like, okay, let's say you win three of those. You're still like, yeah, you're still looking outside of the playoffs. Right. right? And you're all it's it's at that point where you're almost ready to hit your fingers on the button, but you haven't pressed it. Yet. I, I think that it almost it's just 
it's change for the sake of change with, with Nashville. Like Peter Laviolette has been there for a minute. You know, he's, uh, he's been there since what, uh, 2000. Why is this all the way at the bottom? 2014. <laughs> so, you know, he's coming up on his sixth year with the team. That's, that's a long time for a head coach in the national hockey It league. is. Yeah. And especially a head coach who, yes, they've been to the finals once. That's, that's about it. Been in the finals once. They've been they've been in the conference finals once. Second round, something like that. Yeah, it was. I mean, you're looking at almost an identical situation with Peter DeBoer, right? A guy who took them to the finals. A guy who's right. been to the conference right. finals before. Good but, coach. Good, yeah, coach. good coach. He'll go somewhere else and be a good coach. And maybe win it. Like not to say they couldn't win a cup somewhere else. It's just you think the message is probably like we just need a change because right. we need a different feel around here. Uh, and and who knows? You know, hey, Nashville rattles off five in a row. And the game's played is even. All of a sudden, they're in a playoff spot. They hit their stride, and we look like idiots for wanting to talk about firing Peter Laviolette because he ends up being a Coach of the Year nominee because he has this great second half of the year. Right, and maybe, you know, who knows? I I look at Kyle Turris, too, as a big big sticking point in that situation yeah, because yeah. he's been, you know, sitting in the press box a lot. And so, you know, at what point does a GM get upset that, you know, you're trying to trade this guy but you're putting him in the press box and you can't let the GM do his job because now you've just tanked this guy's value. Well, and I, I think that, I think that, well, he's not playing he very is, well either. He but. Some, <laughs> he, I'm sure that he can, uh, David Poyle, if he tells Peter Laviolette to put a guy in a lineup, he will, but perhaps, but yeah, tourists definitely been a, and he's an anchor on that team. If they could, more if than they anything, could get rid of his contract, it'd be huge. Uh, would you trade tourists and eat, Three million of it for the next four years. Depends what you get back, I guess. I mean, you have to look at it too. You've got you know Roman Yossi's contract kicking in, uh, boy, and then you got to pay. Well, you got to find somebody else to play defense, and I think. Uh, yeah, I mean, you've still got Ekholm for a couple. Yeah, more years. I mean, at this point, in Nashville though, like any team, you're going to go through cycles. You're not going to be the tops of the league at all times right now. Like it's nearly impossible the way that it's structured. And so you were supposed to win. Like this is your window right now. You signed Duchesne because you basically went, well, in five years, is the Duchesne deal going to look great? No, but maybe we'll have won a cup. And all of a sudden you're looking at the rest of your lineup and going, Oh, maybe like we maybe overshot some of these guys because there's the rest of the lineup is looking very thin. Yeah. Maybe uh... we're like, when Nashville went to the finals, their depth was phenomenal. It felt like they could score up and down that lineup. Like, yeah, they didn't have these super high-end forwards, but they had guys who could score everywhere. Maybe, uh, you know, interesting situation. Maybe a team like Ottawa could uh, could welcome him back. You know, they, they wouldn't mind the cap space to maybe get up to the floor next year. And uh, maybe you go out and you say, hey, you know, give us Tyler Ennis, who's, who's on an expiring contract. You know, or there's you no know, way Kyle Turris is going back to Ottawa. I'll just tell you. I, okay, well, I'm trying <laughs> to think of ways to get him out of Nashville. It's just, it's bad. He needs to go. Yeah, I mean, the other, the other thing you can always do is, I mean, you, you want to rehabilitate a guy. You know, you want to help him get back to where you think that he could be. But it's just a matter of, you know, he hasn't been awful. No, he, I mean, he's, he's he can a, still he's, be a 40-point guy. Up, he's put up. 12 points in 24 games. I mean, that's, yeah, it's a 40 point guy. 6 million, 
20 points, yeah, it's not great, but like it's also not I don't know if it's worth I mean, okay, smash a guy on the bench for a minute because you want to send a message, but you're paying the guy. Put put him in the lineup. Have him play top nine minutes. It's yeah, I I think that that's that maybe is a mistake. And that also could be could be Peter Peter Laviolette, the relationship. Obviously there's something <laughs> something there because he's benching him. Uh and we'll we'll see how that and we'll we'll obviously we'll follow all that as as the season progresses. But uh, anything else you want to hit on before we get out of here? Kovalchuk does he resign? Ilya Kovalchuk, yes, uh, put on waivers to terminate his contract. Yeah, do you think he resigns anywhere this year? I think he goes home. Do you honestly? Okay, I think he's out of there. He I hear his. he wants to still play in the NHL, but. You know, who's I, I think going to sign Kovalchuk? Well, you give him you give him a minimum, right? Because sure, you know he got his four point be fine. two something million dollar bonus at the beginning of the year, and he just got another four million dollar bonus, you know, last week. Um, so he's not going to be hurting for money. Now you can sign him maybe to a one year seven hundred fifty thousand dollar contract. You know, if you're a team like, uh, boy, I I could say maybe, you know, maybe even Arizona or Montreal who could use you know a third third line guy but again the only problem with Kovalchuk is he's very he's not good defensively in his own he's end not so good <laughs> he can still produce a little <laughs> bit of offense he's not the fastest guy but the problem is on his own end and so when you have those third and fourth line guys you want them to be responsible checkers and defensive guys and so yeah he ne- he needs to go somewhere where I, I like I think that it's more than like a production thing yeah I think it's a he was on a bad team so Sure, it's hard to it's hard to play your balls off when you're on a bad team and you're like you're an older guy who is like this is yeah I don't need this it's yeah yeah, yeah. exactly I, I understand I you know you know where I could see being a good fit it's Pittsburgh Pittsburgh you've got Malkin okay. there yeah another Russian Russian connection I don't know if they like each other I have no like that's not me saying they don't like each other <laughs> but maybe they're like is there a chance that they've played together i think i think they played together during the olympics at some point yeah and what so, about the rangers if speaking of russians panarin's panarin anchoring, yeah. i mean he's putting that team on his back he is putting that team i mean so, holy smokes you know yeah. now you give him a, a you know another russian to, he to play with a free him. agent a year too soon because that's i think true. the rangers it would they would have been happy to be to have another top 10 pick and that's not gonna happen anymore. right <laughs> It looks like they're they're probably not going to make the playoffs, but they're going to darn well try to. Right, they're going to try to make those playoffs. Yeah, uh, I think they're going to be like Detroit was for those those three years where they're making first round and they just they were barely squeaking in. And the, the Rangers are going to be that team that again not going to squeak in, but they're just going to try their darndest, and it's going to cost them in terms of end you up know with the fourteenth overall yeah, pick. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So they got a draft real good, but. Yes, they do. All right. Well, that is our show. You can go to uh, find us on Twitter at OT Hockey Talk as well on Instagram. Uh, let us know your thoughts on all the coaching firing on the Taylor Hall trade. Let us know who you think won that deal. Uh, if there's something we need to know about some of those prospects, you let us know. We'd, we'd love to get some uh, some insider scouting report on those. And uh, until next time, we'll talk to you guys soon.